Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hutsmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hutsmo Black. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us, Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., right here in cyberspace. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us, Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., right here in cyberspace.
You're welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum, y'all. We we uh we're laid out here this evening. We uh what time is it here? It's about ten after seven, y'all. We had some some conflict here coming on, but welcome once again to the Hushmo Black Forum here. It's April April twentieth, twenty thirteen, y'all. And I'm just so happy to be out here with you all in cyberspace this evening. Um got a great show for you. Somewhat late, but uh, nevertheless, as they uh, say, uh, better late than never. And that's uh, it's certainly the uh, case out here tonight on Hushmo Black Forum. We, and like I said, we got a great, great uh, show for you this evening. Uh, going to be uh, <clears throat> taking a look at, uh, of course, uh, the headlines uh, of today. Uh, no doubt that's gonna uh, it's gonna be dominated by uh, the Boston uh, Marathon uh, bomber bombers uh, incident this past Monday. Going to talk about that uh, on the second half of the show. After eight o'clock, we're going to be taking a look at uh, W. E. B. Du Bois, uh, one of our characters in our new uh, project, uh, Our Twelve Disciples. The Rise and Fall of Jim Crow. Going to be taking a look at uh, tonight, uh, one, Mr. W.E.B. Du Bois. Uh, He's actually number five on our list of our 12 disciples. That's our latest project. That's our latest project, y'all. We're all the, that's our latest project we're undertaking here. Should have this thing out probably sometime around Thanksgiving. Hopefully between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we uh, picked out our 12 uh, greatest heroes in the mind of the hush boat out there now, y'all, who uh, led us through uh, that uh, awful struggle uh, known as uh, Jim Crow or uh, the separate equal laws that uh, were established in the country. Predominantly the southern part of the country after the Civil War um, that lasted uh, clear up until 1954 with devastating effects on uh, on our community. Yeah, so we uh, going to be taking a look at that. Uh, uh, This evening, uh, just for uh, now, our twelve disciples. Uh, we obviously there's been thousands of uh, heroes and sheroes, as they like to say, of our people who uh, was instrumental in uh, uh, uplifting uh, us out of the uh, demise that was uh, the separate equal. Uh, period in our history here in this country, uh, roughly from 1865 uh, all the way to 1954 when Brown got rid of the last vestiges of uh, those uh, 14th Amendment rights uh, violations that uh, were put in place by laws in a lot of the uh, southern states and upheld by Plessy in 1896 that uh, uh, deprived us economically uh, uh, to no end here in this country, we 
we uh, so we we decided to uh and what we do we write <clears throat> we write about our history in this country um my history my family's history in Georgia which stretched back some two hundred thirty plus years i mean uh just a fascinating history uh, we have here in the country we uh enjoy it we uh Started writing here uh, some six years ago, I guess. We, we're not a trained author. We just uh, retired from the IT business back in 2007, I guess it was, and then uh, had nothing else to do. Thought it was an interesting uh, a subject matter, our history. Uh, not only interesting, but vitally important to uh, to our people, to the other country. Uh, important that we... Uh, Write about that history. Share the history with our uh, our uh, following uh, generations, and I believe that's important that we <clears throat> write that history ourselves. You know, rather than rely on uh, other people to uh, to uh, write about our history, I think it's as vital that each and every one of us, uh, Americans of African descent. Write and tell a story about their own, uh, uh, write their own history. Uh, just from my uh, uh, research into history, I find that uh, people who allow their history to be told by uh, other people, uh, that history is often um, skewed if you will, uh, maybe not uh, intentionally, just because of a uh, lack of knowledge of uh, um, the subject matter. I mean, surely no one knows our history better than we. And uh, that's uh, how I approach it. That's how I look at uh, the education of uh of people, uh, I think it's best, and I, you know, got to some other sources too. I think it's best that we um, are better served when we, uh, the people themselves, uh, educate uh, their own and write about uh, their own. Uh, uh, History, oh yeah, and uh, it's been proven out too. By the way, we've looked at it here in this country, and uh, just uh, <laughs> looked at the work of other uh, social scientists and writers and authors who studied uh, the subject matter, and uh, conclude with them that yeah, we it is what happened to us here in this country. The miseducation, as uh, Carnegie Wilson pointed out, and his Monumental uh, work back in the 1930s, uh, the miseducation of the Negro. How we could never hope to achieve any kind of um, we could never hope to achieve any kind of balanced uh, education as long as we uh, um, depended on. Uh, other people to uh, provide our uh, education. We would never catch up to the rest of the society as long as we allowed the other 
part of the society to uh, educate us. Uh, now, obviously, coming out of slavery with the shackles that uh, was imposed uh, during our enslavement in this country made it awful difficult for us coming out to uh, take up the mantle of uh, educating our people solely on our own following the Civil War there in 1865 when you had probably about 90 to 95% of the ex-slaves illiterate. And uh, it would have been damn near impossible with all of the... uh, devastating uh, injuries that have been uh, we had suffered during slavery there from psychological to every other kind of every the breakup of the uh, African family uh, was devastating uh, after uh, we got to this country it was devastating really you know I, I don't know we we still trying to put that back together again uh <laughs> the uh, devast the uh, just the sheer inhumanity of uh, of what happened to uh, our people coming out of Africa into this country here, uh, uh, the uh, just the herding of uh, humans into uh, pretty much uh, uh, nothing too much higher than uh, herding livestock here. Is some way, and it was devastating to us uh, from a social standpoint. We we don't know how or if ever uh, we will ever be able to uh, put our uh, in total our uh, social uh, apparatus back together here the way it was prior to us uh, coming to this uh, land. We. So yeah, the education uh, uh, us educating ourselves following that uh, 1860 and uh, 1865 following the Civil War was at best problematical with the resources that uh, we had as a people at that time it was minuscule. Uh, so we had to rely we had to rely on uh, the majority to. Uh, to at least to provide us the the foundation of the three auras, if you will, uh, reading, writing, read, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> do we have to rely on them for that? And, and we did. I mean, yeah. Uh, so uh, surely, uh, as we know, just looking at history and studying, looking back, we can see that uh, yeah, uh, there was a. Uh, Miseducation here. Yeah, he missed that. And uh, <clears throat> it was a uh, miseducation as we, as Carter G. Wilson framed it in 1933 when he published his Miseducation as a Negro, uh, we learned how to. 
read and write. And the powers that be taught us that. Powers that be did not teach us anything above that. Uh, deliberately uh, uh, provided us with an education that would keep us in a certain uh, position in the society. Yeah, our education was geared toward teaching us only enough to survive in the society to keep us second-class citizens, uh, an education that would uh, uh, not propel us beyond that second-class status is what we got. Uh, They quickly found out, the powers that be, that uh, once slavery was over and they had to uh, unlock the chains (laughs) that... uh, that held uh, slaves, that they could uh, successfully control our uh, actions through uh, through our education, through our uh, education system here in the country. And they took full advantage of it. They took full advantage of controlling what it was that went into the education of uh, our people. And it was effective. Carter uh, G. Weston pointed out that if you control the person's education, you pretty much controlled his mind. And you would not... Uh, so much need to uh, you would not so much need to uh, <laughs> lock him up in chains to control his actions if you control his mind <laughs> if you control the knowledge that uh, uh, helped develop his mind his education if you control that you <laughs> you would there would be no need for you to uh, keep him in chains because uh, <laughs> uh, what you taught him would be uh, sufficient enough. If you taught him to be uh, inferior, if you taught him to be inferior, then that would be uh, uh, his uh, attitude and the way he uh, conducted himself going forward. And that's precisely what happened here in this country, too, y'all. Y'all don't know. That's like, that's precisely what happened. Hey, y'all. Don't take a break. It's 25 after 7, y'all, in the ATL. Welcome again to the Hushmo Black Forum, where our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Not a necessity. Sometimes we'll do it louder. We we don't like to get there. But, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in the news, y'all, uh, from the uh, Boston Marathon bomber to uh, to uh, <laughs> the uh, cement factory blowing up out there in West Texas. A 
devastating uh, uh, event there, y'all. A couple of devastating events uh, this uh, week in our country. And uh, it appears as though every other day (laughs) we've got some kind of catastrophe here where we've got our president going to some morning going to some morning to uh, comfort some of our fellow citizens from uh, some tragedy that uh, has occurred here in the country. Somebody been killed, blown up, uh, whatever. and it seemed to be happening at an alarming rate. At an alarming rate, yeah. We 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 don't know what's going on here. It, it certainly uh, appears to be uh, a trend. It, it appears to be a trend here that uh, just uh, one catastrophe, one calamity after another is piling up on us here in uh, this country, the world. So, you know, you think it's just our country, but uh, no, it uh, may in fact be. <sighs> This thing may be a phenomenon that's happening all over the world, yeah? Is it? Uh, what? Hey, I don't know, y'all. Somebody's trying to tell us something here. Got to run here, y'all. See, this man done walked in uh, better. We just, we following the praise, y'all. It's, it's, we following everything I did. Yeah, we we following everything. We're trying to figure out what's going on, but uh look like uh we all hey the Brazier, I told y'all uh this is a sport. <laughs> we do sports out there too, y'all. We we you know what we mainly do is advocate on behalf of uh, uh Americans of African descent for social justice. Uh not because we don't love everybody, we wanna let you know that, but we uh, find ourselves advocating uh, on their behalf. Uh, mainly because we're uh, part of that uh, community. And by extension, we uh, uh, find ourselves uh, on that uh, side. And Lord knows we need, (laughs) my community needs all of the support, all of uh, the uh, help that they can get. Hey. And uh, we... We want to do our little part out here, providing a platform for uh, the 90% of our community that has no voice at all, you that is seldom heard in the discussions that uh, that uh, is going on in the country. We, we, <laughs> wow, uh, just want to provide a platform out here on the Hushmo Black Forum for those who uh, need uh, a platform, and, and we try to provide that. Just uh, we do it as a public service here. Yeah, we don't we don't make no money out here. Just, <laughs> hey, we don't, we hey we're author too though. We do uh, <laughs> we like to uh, pump out st- work. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, hey, y'all, we're gonna take a quick one here. Uh, pause for the calls, y'all. It's about. Uh, 7.30 in the ATL here, y'all. We'll be right back after the pause. Y'all hang in there. We'll be right back. You got me to Hushmo. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. 
Saturday, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
the Hushmo Black Forum. You got me, your host, Hushmo. We're driving this train tonight. 420, 2013, yeah. It's about uh, 25 minutes to 8 here in the ATL. We come to you from Live and Living Color, by the way, from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. That's where we uh, originate from uh, on the Hushmo Black Forum. Come to you. Over Blog Talk Radio, y'all. That's over the internet. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta go to the internet. And pull us up now. Yeah, go to Blog Talk Radio forward slash Hushmo dash Black, and you you can find us there. Go to our website hushmoblack dot com. H u s h m o b l a c k hushmoblack dot com. Go there. You can follow us. Pull our uh, archive shows down there. We got a blog talk radio uh, button out there on our website. We archive all our old shows there. So if you miss it today, you can catch it tomorrow. You can go there and download those shows, by the way. And so you'll always have them for uh, start your own library, your Hushmo Black Forum library, so that you can go back and reference uh, what we're talking about here, out here. We've been out here since 2008, y'all. We first uh, started uh, playing around with Blog Talk in 2008. Now, we did recently get serious here about two uh, years ago, about 2010. In January, we uh, first uh, really got serious about uh, providing a a platform for, or advocating, I should say, on behalf of uh, Americans of African descent, advocating for social justice, for justice. Of everybody uh, here about two, uh, uh, three years ago. So we uh, we've been here for a while. We've got a, a track record, if you will. Love this medium out here on Blog Talk. I mean, I urge everybody to, uh, and I think it's important that we, as Americans of African descent, especially, uh, get out and uh, start talk, uh, telling our story. Our, our story. Ourselves get involved in the political process here uh, for one uh, as much as we can. I mean, uh, just uh, keep up with what's going on in this uh, in this society here from a political uh, uh, aspect. I mean, it's, it's critical that we stay abreast of what's going on. What we do out here on the Hushmore Black Forum is try to act as a <clears throat> Rosetta Stone, if you will, <laughs> for uh, our community, trying to uh, decipher uh, stuff out here uh, that's going on that just uh, make no sense to the majority of people in my community, and we try to break it down for them, and uh, make sense of it all. Uh and then send it, uh, some of the stuff that's going on in our community uh, makes uh, is uh, hard to decipher. Uh, so we try to do that too. Going up, we try to make sense of uh, what's going on in our community. Pass that on to the uh, powers that be, uh, our uh, uh, concerns in our community, our uh, complaints in our community. Uh, there are many. Uh, first, I mean, unemployment in our community. <laughs> we just start there. That's 25, 30 percent. 
that uh, is devastating uh, uh, to uh, our community, our unemployment. There's a whole vast of uh, reasons why uh, we, our community, is uh, <clears throat> last on the total pole uh, in the economic uh, in that economic pie here in this country. We are at the very, very uh, uh, bottom of it <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. For a lot of different reasons. Most of the reasons has to do with uh, uh, the position in which we are find ourselves here in the society, and uh, uh, that uh, for the most part has been brought about through um, racism. Uh, it's, it's hard to uh, for a lot of folks to uh, come to grips with that, but uh, America's vastness and their economic plight here today in this country has been brought about mainly due to racism. Now there is no way other uh, for me to put it because that's what history shows. <laughs> now. We could uh, come up with all kinds of excuses and all kinds of reasons and this and that about how and why we are in this position. But the number one reason, the number one reason that we only have approximately one-tenth of the wealth of the majority in the society is because of racism. There's no other reason. There's no reason. It's because of 14th Amendment rights that were taken away um, from Americans African descent for some hundred years after uh, the Civil War. It's just history. It's just history. It's just history, yeah. We we and uh we can look at it today and try to paint a take a snapshot of where we are today and uh see and see the horrors of uh, where we are. <laughs> the devastating uh shock of uh where we are. But uh <laughs> We don't want to, uh, we refuse the society at large, refuse to uh, go back and uh, 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 look at uh, the reason why. <laughs> and, 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 and we can't do it. And there's no way uh, you can take a snapshot of where we are today without uh, looking at uh, what got us here. And then that's what we try to, uh, uh, that's what we uh, talk about out here. We we talk about reparation because there's no way to even that the economic thing up. Uh, uh, there's no way to uh, equal it out without uh, without reparation. There's just no way to do it. We 
can't work our way out of it. Surely we can't. We're we, we some of the hardest working people in the world, you know. Remember what Akron is saying? We're some of the hardest working people in the world, without a doubt. Hey, we worked 300 years in this country for nothing. Free label. <laughs> we worked... <laughs> We worked some 300 years in this country for nothing, yo. Hey, don't tell me about hard work. That's, I don't even want to hear that. But, uh, we, uh, so, yeah, we going to continue to press our case for reparation here because uh, if you take away my 14th Amendment right, don't allow me, (laughs) don't allow me by law, uh, if you deny me by law an equal playing field, surely, surely, uh, uh, something's wrong with that, y'all. Something's wrong with that. So uh, we got to keep happening on uh, that. Uh, oh, now, today, yeah, it's four, uh, eight or nine white firemen up there in Connecticut back in, what, 2010, uh, sued uh, <laughs> the state of Connecticut for uh, discrimination, you know, for 14th Amendment rights violation. These people was white. Went all the way to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court said, yeah, you can't do that because somebody's race. <laughs> you can't discriminate against them in the workplace. <laughs> That's 14th Amendment rights uh, uh, stuff there. What y'all doing? And uh, gave them reparation. Gave those white folks reparation, y'all. That is no different, y'all. That is no different than uh, uh, my people's uh, circumstance here in this country in 1954 when Brown overturned Plessy, y'all. That for those 14th Amendment rights that uh, Brown uh, overturned had to do with all 14th Amendment rights, not just uh, some school integration. Oh no. <laughs> that had to do with the overturning separate equal laws. Yeah. Separate equal laws uh, extended throughout the society, including the workplace. <laughs> Most importantly, the workplace. Uh, yeah. Uh, it held us back. Economically, to no end. Uh, 1954, we were uh, about one-tenth of the wealth of uh, white folks. We was making about one-third uh, of what white folks were working on the same assembly line. Come on, quit it. <laughs> huh? Is there, is there anything fair or uh, equal about that? Uh, no. It is not. And, and right now today, we've gotten to the point where uh, <coughs> a family of four, a family of four white Americans here in this country, yeah. It's worth some ninety six thousand dollars. Then that worth a family of four averaged out to be some ninety six thousand dollars a year, according to Brandeis University. This is two thousand ten study, maybe a little more, maybe a hundred thousand today. <coughs> the average of The net wealth of Americans of African descent, family of four, those same family, that same family of four. Get this now. Here, here's twenty twenty. We'll say twenty twelve because it doesn't work. 
that's $2,000. We're going to round on that. The white average family of white worth 90000 Average family of, of blacks worth uh, for worth two thousand. <coughs> you, you, you. <laughs> hey, uh, we talking about net net worth <laughs> of, of families in our society, and now we've been there. We ain't no immigrants, y'all. By the way, Americans are acting the same. Most of them are not immigrants. <coughs> as much as uh, uh, you hear. Uh, the pundits and the politicians and everybody on the news keep harping about this country being a nation of immigrants. As much as you hear that, everybody continuously inundating us with this bit of information that this country is made up of Entirely, the way they sing, uh, make it seem, and this country is made up entirely of uh, immigrants. It's not the case, y'all. It's not the case. It's not the case with me. It's not the case with my family. It's not the case with uh, the majority of Americans of African descent here in this country today, y'all. Believe it or not. Uh-uh. It's not the case of the majority of Africans in this country today, African Americans. They're not immigrants. They are indeed indigenous uh, to this country. My family is. Now, we could argue the point. We could argue the point, and we could, we could start looking at history here. We could, uh, my, well, my family tree, for sure, uh, go back here in the, uh, this state of Georgia. <laughs> My family blood uh, go back in this state of Georgia prior to this state of Georgia <laughs> being a state. Huh? <laughs> My family go back here in Georgia prior to uh, the Constitution, <laughs> prior to this country being a country. Yeah. Slaves, my folks, that slaves was here in this state prior to 1784, y'all. Prior to 1784, period. We're not immigrants. I'm not an immigrant. My family is not an immigrant to this country. We're indigenous to this country. Now, perhaps there's a lot of uh, some folks that uh, can't make that claim. But remember that slave trade stopped here in this country in 1808. There was no more slaves imported into this country after that. So we can assume that. Because remember, this country wasn't allowing too many uh, 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 Africans into this country <laughs> after 1808. They couldn't just walk in here and then, uh, through Ellis Island. We couldn't just come through. Hey, those folks from Africa couldn't come through in this country through Ellis Island. They didn't come through Ellis Island. Very few black folks ever came through there into this country as the the uh, Europeans did. And I mean, a lot of the Europeans are immigrants. They came in waves after the country was established throughout our history. Uh, and yeah, a lot of a lot of immigrants. Uh, 
Now, a lot of them are immigrants, Americans of African descent, who trace their descendancy to slavery here in this country. Most of those folks are indigenous to this country because they was here uh, <laughs> before this thing was a country. They're, yeah, hey, they was here prior to 1776, prior to that 1780. I... I Consider this thing becoming a country in 17. Well, you can say 1776. My folks was here then. <laughs> they was here then, yeah. Oh, no doubt. Uh, through that uh, revolution, uh, revolutionary war, my folks was here in Georgia as slaves. It was a colony. It wasn't no state. That was before the United States of America now. Uh, before the United States of United States of America came in vogue, in vogue, uh, uh, not even after 1776, but it didn't come to be a real country until they got that constitution established and writ, uh, wrote and set up in 1784, <coughs> 1787. That is when uh, this thing became a, na- a new nation. Uh, they celebrate the nation's birthday in 1776. We can go there. We'll pick that date. We was here before then. My people was. So we're indigenous to this country. We're not immigrants. We're not immigrants to the United States of America, no way. Not my family. Not most uh, Americans of African descent who trace their history back to slavery. We're indigenous. We're not immigrants. <coughs> that makes a difference. Not only are minor- minorities and were slaves here, <coughs> which separate us, <coughs> but a, a vast uh, a portion of us are indeed indigenous to the country. So we shouldn't allow ourselves to, to uh to be uh put into some kind of uh group of immigrants. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. We we are we are not we are unique. We are unique in the society, y'all. Americans of African descent are unique to this country in a lot of different ways here. Not only were we slaves and the only somebody in this country that uh, have a history, uh, a continual history of shadow slavery here in this country, but uh, indeed we... uh, Are uh, indigenous to the uh, this country? Yeah, we are indigenous to this country. Those who trace their history back to slavery. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that. Uh, Heard Tom Ridge, former governor of Pennsylvania, the first uh, head of uh, first head of uh, Homeland Security when, the, when they first set that thing up after nine eleven. Tom Ridge, governor of uh, Pennsylvania at the time, he took a job with the. Uh, Bush administration heading up the uh, homeland, the first uh, formation of that uh, homeland security uh, department. 
He uh, was commenting on the Boston, uh, the two Boston uh, Marathon bombers, the two suspects who they who they identified as uh, the perpetrators of this uh, uh, act. He was commenting on the news, one of the news shows that uh, how uh, perplexed he was and how dumbfounded he was in trying to come up with a uh, trying to uh, come to grips with uh, how it was that these two young men who had spent pretty much over half their lives here in this country over 10 years here in this country been Americanized, uh, went to school here. His two brothers, y'all, from, uh, as it turned out, from Russia, more or less, one of their uh, satellite countries, Chechnya, Chechnya, one of the uh, stands, that Kyrgyzstan, uh, one of those places uh, in uh, southern Russia, but really it was a Russian citizen. These two gentlemen was immigrants now from Russia. Now they were immigrants, but it was a lot of. But uh, he was having a hard time trying to come to grips with why it was that these two brothers, two brothers, uh, uh, these was uh, biological brothers, y'all, not brother, brother. <laughs> hey, these were black folks, these white folks, y'all, out of Russia, Caucasians. Out of the Caucasus uh, region of Russia, these real Caucasians, here, y'all. <laughs> hey, y'all don't know. These are real uh, Caucasians here, y'all, from Russia. And, and funny thing, when this thing for, first broke Monday night, uh, the news had all kinds of crazy rumors out that these was two dark-skinned men or two uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, black men. Somebody actually reported, came on the news and say uh, the authority. Uh, 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 has a, a person of interest, uh, interest uh, in mind who happened to be uh, uh, either dark-skinned or black. A black male. That was the first report I heard over uh, of a description coming out of this thing. Uh, we all know now. That, that was bogus. It's not an MOS that uh, uh, normally you'd associate with uh Americans are Africans in any way. I mean, a lot of folks are black throughout the, <laughs> the world, but Americans of Africans are certainly not one of their uh, uh, MOSs there to be blowing, planting uh, bombs and making bombs. We don't do that. We don't do that, you know. I can tell you that right now. We, <laughs> Americans of Africans, don't do that. Uh-uh, that's not us. That's not us. So I, I knew something was shaking. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that was a... Uh, Somebody's perhaps wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm just saying, yo. But, uh, yeah, as it turned out, two brothers who had immigrated to this country from Russia uh, around 2002. The 19-year-olds, 26-year-old and a 19-year-old. The 19-year-old been there over half his life. That boy's American. I speak fluent English. Uh, had... Uh, Friends, nice, upstanding-looking young man. Both of them was. Uh, 
And the topic of the day is how befuddled uh, the powers that be and the rest of the country is that these two young, outstanding immigrants who uh, was given scholarships and all the other uh, amenities of this free uh, democracy here known as America, how could they possibly, how is it that they could possibly uh, turn against uh, and want to kill uh, our citizens here? How is it that these two gentlemen who came from a war-torn uh, country in Russia, Chechnya, how could these two people live in that environment, escape uh, with their families from that war-torn uh, country uh, and migrate here to America, the land of the free, the land of milk and honey, be educated here, uh, be assimilated here into this society for over half their life, and yet still, yet still, did not find it enough to sufficiently patronize them to our uh, democracy here. Why? I guess uh, <laughs> Tom Ridge was such a uh, searching for the reason why. Why would it be that these two gentlemen, they both white too, they got access that even me, a American Africans have been here 400 years, <laughs> don't have. These two gentlemen just came here 10 years ago. They got more freedom, more access, more everything than me at the end of the day now. Well, we know everything's supposed to be equal, but <laughs> at the end of the day, those folks got more. Hey, it's been Mexicans in this country here, y'all. People of color. Mexicans would consider themselves people of color. I'm sure that's what they are. Been here 20 years, y'all. <laughs> hey, some have been here 20, all their life for years and uh, can't get citizenship, y'all. Folks, this, folks here have been here 10 years from Europe. Uh, one of the young brothers, 19-year-olds, got uh, got a citizenship last year. <laughs> it's a lot easier, y'all, to come here from Europe and get your citizenship here in this country than to come here from Mexico and get your citizenship. Why? <laughs> Anybody ever think of uh, why? Why is that? Why is that? Phenomena that uh, a person from Europe can come here and goes and get put on a straight path to the citizenship without any ifs ands and buts and junk about it, and that's what uh, this uh, this family does from Russia. So now what you have. After the bomb, well, Tom Ridge is left perplexed here, y'all. We're going to get into why we think uh, uh, it is possible for uh, uh, people who move to this country from violent, uh, crazy-looking places uh, around the world to us and never yet quite grasp the... the, uh, 
just what it is that's so great about uh, our democracy here in this country. And we just try to figure out why. Why is it that that way? And uh, we, Tom Ridge was perplexed. What could, and uh, the first thing you hear when they're trying to break this thing down, when they're trying to reason, when they're trying to figure out a reason why this phenomena uh, happens, uh, the first word come out of their mouth, most of the pundits that I've heard, is that somehow these two young men was radicalized. Radicalized. Now, what is radicalized? I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> But somehow, somebody radicalized these two gentlemen into hating uh, Americans. How how is that possible? These two gentlemen radicalized, (laughs) was radicalized after being here in this country receiving all kinds of... uh, uh, support all kinds of uh, advantages uh, in this country. What, what what's what's going on here? What why? Uh, we look at these people now. They assume uh, that they're Islam, and I guess some evidence here uh, that uh, suggests that they may be Islam, but. But now that we looked at uh, some of their uh, uh, <coughs> the investigation uh, <coughs> uh, since their uh, death and capture, looking back at the Muslim community there in Boston, uh, where uh, they did attend one of the mo- uh, mosques around there, but uh, according to uh, reports from that uh, from that uh, community, uh, they were. Uh, Casual, uh, casual uh, participants at best. It was casual potential uh, participants at best to uh, the uh, Islam uh, uh, community. Now. How they could have been radicalized, or or uh, whatever uh, whatever that means, I don't know, because it appears to me that they didn't. Uh, they've got a trip that uh, the oldest son took back in 2012 to Russia to visit his father, who had moved back there. Now he stayed there six months. Perhaps <clears throat> there was some activity that went on there. Um, According to acquaintances of the older brother, here over the last uh, since 2010, he has become more and more uh, more and more uh, into his Islamic uh, views. Uh, had become more and more. I don't want to say radicalized because I don't know uh, what frame or reference uh, we're using when we use that term. Uh, radicalized uh, from what, you know, from where? Uh, who's, you know, one person 
radicalization might be somebody else's uh, something else. So we we ain't gonna go that play that game. We ain't gonna play that game because we we don't know what the term means. But uh, uh, from what I can see, the younger brother uh, didn't uh, uh, take in any of the. Uh, uh, what, how should I say it? Because I don't really, really know. But it's what we heard, this is preliminary. Still, y'all, this thing is still unfolding here. I could be a, uh, entirely wrong in my assessment, but I don't see uh, any kind of real serious uh, jihadist uh, attitude toward uh, or in uh, what I can glean from uh, the published reports uh, of uh, the young brother. Now, the older brother. Well, that could be the case. I mean, he could have gotten into Islam and and uh, drew a, a contrasting parallel between uh, his teachings or what he came to uh, believe about Islam with uh, the Christian environment that uh, we uh, espouse here in this country. And uh, couldn't come to grips with that. Perhaps I, I, you know, I just can't. I can't speak for that. To uh, his uh, his Islamic uh, viewpoint uh, and how uh, there's no excuse in my mind. There's no excuse whether you Islam, Christian, Judeo, whatever your religious. Uh, Affiliation is. There is no reason, <laughs> under my God, that uh, I can justify blowing somebody up, blowing some innocent people up. There is no religion, no anything that uh, justifies that. No reason, no any kind of <laughs> that justifies that. And I'm not going to defend anybody who does that. There's no... uh, uh, Now, to uh, Mr. Ridge's uh, dilemma, and uh, trying to come to grips, not only his, but so many other people who's trying to find a reason why uh, this happened, and they're looking desperately for some connection to uh, uh, events that happen outside of this country, events that happen in Chechnya, in uh, uh, in uh, Russia over there, uh, that may have uh, prompted this radical attitude, if you will, uh, as they like to frame it. Uh, this radical attitude of these two young gentlemen had to be framed or had to be <laughs> uh, adopted outside of this country. Had to be outside of this country. There's no way they could... Uh, I take a different view, y'all. You don't know black form. I, I, I think I have a different... Uh, I've got a different um, perspective here. Perhaps... <coughs> Get out of there. Ooh. 
Perhaps there's a glitch here in this society. Perhaps there's a problem with uh, the morality of our Christian base here in this country. Perhaps uh, the problem lies uh, within that causes... uh, (laughs) uh, Perhaps the problem that causes uh, these two young men to go to uh, to take this extreme position has to do with our own morality here in this country. Now, we're not blaming, you know, we, 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 we uh, got to keep this thing real here. Yeah? We, we, we can't, we, we, Want to look at all the uh, 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 everywhere else, but here we want to look for blame everywhere else, but here, and we can't do that. We, we've got to uh, <laughs> take stock and take notice of what's going on within our society. Is our society morally uh, on the up and up? Something is wrong. Something is wrong here, y'all. Is our society, is that moral compass or uh, level here in this country? I suggest that it's not. I suggest that that is the problem uh, in a lot of instances here. I suggest that's the problem here, y'all. That might be a problem here for us that we need to come to grips with. Let's try to make sure that our the Christian values here that they pretend to uh, possess is actually uh, only up and up, yeah? Is it only up and up or is it a farce? Is this really a Christian nation created? What is this one really one nation created the, uh, under God? One nation uh, uh, indivisible uh, with all men's created equal and this, that, and the other. Is that really true? Or is it a sham here? <laughs> now, if it's a sham, uh, you know, we, 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 we're not going to be able to get away with that because remember, uh, no matter what we try to conceal in our heart, and we do conceal a lot in the heart uh, from one another. <laughs> we cannot conceal our morality uh, from the man upstairs. We can't do it. And, and at the end of the day, he's the ultimate uh, arbiter in this thing. And we, I don't know. We uh, so we got to come to grips and take a serious look at our uh, moral compass here in this country. Uh, we we preaching this for years, years and years. People uh, they uh, treat their religious convictions 
they treat their uh, moral convictions uh, way too lightly here, yeah, in this country. Wow, we just hit. So uh, we got to do some introspection here, yeah, some introspection. That's what that's what we have to do as a country. Instead of looking for answers in all the wrong places, we got to look within. We got to look within our own uh, moral fabric here in this country, y'all. That's going to be key to uh, solving a lot of our uh, problems here, I believe. I mean, we we can't continue to. Uh, we can't continue to absorb uh, uh, all the tragedies that uh, that we're uh, that's being heaped on us. There's a reason for all this stuff, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a reason for all all this stuff. Eh? Uh, every other week, the president is in some mosque or church praying with some devastated uh, community. There's a reason for all this stuff, I believe. Oh yeah, it ain't by chance. This thing right here is a perfect example. I, this ain't by chance. These two young, I guess they Islam. I don't know what they are. I, ain't nobody even decided exactly what religion they are uh, that I know of. They assume that they're some kind of radical uh, Islamics. We don't know that. Just looking, uh, listening at the uh, people uh, uh, up there in their community, the uh, Muslim community, uh, according to the reports that I've heard so far, they were uh, only casual uh, uh, participants in the religious, uh, religious uh, uh, carry-ons of uh, of that community. So, so we we there's something else going on here. There's, there's something else at work here, yeah. What what what's the motivation here for them? Uh, Planting bombs indiscriminately, uh, uh, killing people uh, indiscriminately like that. What what, what motivated them? Uh, I you know I, I I don't know. I'm curious uh, to find out uh, the answer to that question. I am curious to find out the answer, but I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, it's by design. <laughs> it's by design uh, that uh, these two. To uh, perfectly normal uh, citizens here in this country, been given the best that the you know the country has to uh, give, yet that best uh, wasn't good enough for them to uh, endear them to our uh, democratic uh, way of life. It wasn't enough. Something something is missing. Something is missing in the fabric uh, of our society. That's why I come to that. I come to that conclusion. Something is missing in the fabric of this society, and I suggest it's a uh, deterioration of our uh, moral values here in the country over the years. 
Hey, over a lot of years, y'all. It's not a new phenomenon. <laughs> hey, Frederick Douglass talked about it in 1952. So it's not a, it's not a new phenomenon. We had a war that killed 600,000 people about uh, our moral uh, deficiencies here in the country. Yet still today, we are still, <laughs> we are still uh, caught up in uh, in that dilemma. So yeah, uh, just looking at this, this is this looked like a great, uh, this looks like a great uh, opportunity for us as people to uh, re-examine, to examine our, uh, to do some uh, uh, introspection here, and. Uh, Try to come to grips with uh, our, our moral uh, compass here in this country. Try to get that thing in order, y'all. It, it ain't going to be easy. Oh, no, it's not going to be easy because, hey, remember, we've been set in our ways for 236 years now. <laughs> oh, no. This, this ain't no new phenomenon, y'all. Our, uh, the, <laughs> the unbalance of that uh, uh Moral compass has been out uh, for some time, yeah. <laughs> but uh, here lately, uh, the man upstairs, I believe, is trying to let us know that it's time to uh, get serious uh, about this thing here. <laughs> this ain't no plaything. This ain't no plaything, yeah. It's time to get serious about addressing just what it is that you mean in your founding document uh, when you said that all men are created equal endowed by his creator. <laughs> it's time to get serious. Uh, it's time to get serious about uh, just what it is that you asked the man to help you form here. Just <clears throat> one nation under God. It's time for you to start coming to grips with uh, that uh, pronouncement. Uh, you got to come to grips with that uh, pronouncement there, y'all. You can't just uh, play with the man upstairs. Man upstairs don't play like that. From my uh, run-ins with it. The man upstairs don't play like that. No. When you when you decry, when you uh, seek him out for uh, help, <clears throat> which is uh, what the founders of this country did from uh, what history uh, records. No, he's going to help you. He's going to help you. But <laughs> you have got to, uh, he's going to want some things in return. He's going to want some things in return. I'm going to tell you that right now. So, here we go. This new nation trying to break away from the uh, oppression, the horrible, stifling uh, oppression of the king, (laughs) 
of England. You, you know that story about taxation without representation, y'all. That's <laughs> the a. Yet uh, they went on to fight a war about that taxation without uh, representation, and went on to uh, 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 enslave. <laughs> After all, after shedding blood, sweat, and tears to get away from a dictator who only wanted to collect tax from you, uh, you thought that was so ridiculous uh, uh, and uh, uh, inhumane that you'd fight a war, a bloody war, to uh, rid yourself of it. Yet, at the same time, you had people, humans, fellow humans and chained <laughs> and kept them there uh, after uh, your uh, and after you uh, successfully uh, fought off the British but those slaves helped by the way too <laughs> you thought it was so 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 uh, inhumane for this king to be taxing you without representation that you uh chose to go to war and die rather than to live on it live under that, that system. Yet you uh went a step further and enslaved millions within your borders. <laughs> And the inhumanities that you meted out uh, was worse than uh, any uh, inhumanities in recorded history. Hey, it was worse than any inhumanities in recorded history up to that point. The uh, <clears throat> mangling up uh, families, the uh, the breeding, the raping, the uh, just the annihilation of a whole people uh, civilization is what you did. Hey, and somehow you uh, pretended to do all this under some kind of I don't know some kind of. Uh, protection of uh, <laughs> your religion. Some, somehow, this what you did was somehow protected under your religion. Come on, you can't breed people like animals. You can't enslave people like animals. Or you can't sell them and classify them as property. Can't be doing. It can't be done. Not in, uh, without reaping some consequences from the man of stare. It can't be done. So, uh, here today, hey, the man, the man's, the man's is uh, fed up. Oh, the man's fed up upstairs. I tell you that right now with this old shenanigans. <laughs> uh, so, the test case of these uh, two gentlemen here. Uh, Two brothers from Russia 
is a good uh, study case here, y'all. These people are going to be a good test of, uh, uh, again, putting the, the Christianity moral value of this country on trial again, y'all. Watch what I say here now. This thing is going to be a real good uh, indicator of just how, where uh, the morals in this country is at. Because already we've got a divide. The Republicans are, uh, they add it again, you know. Some of the Republicans uh, who, just last week, you two weeks ago, made the president and attorney general get up and swear, get up and confess that no way would they use a drone against American citizens here in this country. It just couldn't be done. They was outraged. I was just this or that or another. We can't do it. It's a this or that or the other. Now you got this uh, American citizen here. <laughs> you got this American citizen uh, here uh, charged with uh, blowing up some Americans, uh, some fellow American citizens, and uh, some of the Republicans then jumped out so. Oh, we we should be trying this guy as some kind of enemy combatant. Imagine that. Now these same people here, y'all. We should be trying this guy as this enemy combatant. Well, no. This guy's an American citizen. Should uh, reap all the uh, protections of our legal system as a citizen should be tried in uh, uh, federal court here in this country, not some military tribunal as if he's some kind of foreign uh, fighter. But no, <laughs> they say uh, after, uh, uh, this guy should be uh, at least a quarter, uh, some quarters of that uh, Republican Party said today that uh, they thought these senators, whoever, a uh, portion of the Republican Party, Stated that he, they thought that uh, he should be tried as a combat uh, uh, enemy combat. Now, if you try him as that and designate him as that, what is it? Why? Uh, why? And how could you justify not supporting not supporting this guy? Uh, 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 being subjected to uh, drone attacks here in the country. If he's uh, uh, a uh, combat uh, combatant, uh, killing our folks, why don't we uh, uh, get rid of him with, by all means necessary, including uh, dropping a, 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 a bomb on him from a drone? There's no difference. You can't. You can't tell me that. <laughs> Whoa! You can't. You can't go ahead and tell me that uh, somehow uh, you. Is uh, against uh, us uh, uh, using drones against American citizens, but here this guy, American citizen, uh, 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 been charged with commen- uh, committing this heinous act, and all of a sudden now you want him to be charged as some combat commit uh, combatant. If he charged as that, uh, we can uh, we need to do everything we can to get rid of him. Come on. We need to do everything we can to get rid of this guy, including uh, uh, dropping a bomb on him. From a drone, if he's really this enemy combatant, stop it. That's what we need to do. Now, you know, so where are you at here, Republicans? Where are you at on this thing? Should these people be uh, combat uh, 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 enemy combatants designated as that? And if that's the case, uh, nothing uh, should uh, 
no option off the table. No, uh, uh, doesn't should be uh, uh, no option should be taken off the table in how uh, we go about dealing with them, including dropping uh, bombs from drones on them right here in this country. They kill people right here in this country on our soil. What are you talking about? <coughs> so yeah, this is going to be a real good. Uh, uh, a real good uh, test case here going forward. Uh, just uh, to see how the people are going to deal with this thing. We, uh, it's going to be interesting. Certainly going to be interesting to see how the country going forward uh, digest uh, uh, this this incident here, I see a lot of pitfalls here for people coming down on one one side or the other of this uh, this tragedy. It's going to be a real uh, a real test for the country and, and uh, a perplexed one. It's not a simple uh, it's not a simple uh, situation here, y'all. We have this is not a simple uh, uh, situation here. We're going to take another quick pause for the calls here, y'all. We're going to come back. We done ran over late here. We're going to do uh, W.E.B. Du Bois uh, this evening here, the second half of the show. But right now, we're about, uh, ooh, it's about 25 minutes to nine, y'all. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll touch on W.E.B. Du Bois here. We may have to finish him next week, y'all. But uh, we're going to take another quick pause for the calls, y'all. Y'all hanging there. You got me to hush Uh We'll be right back. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturday, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in Cyberspace.
from 1896 when the federal government uh, uh, validated uh, those laws, uh, stating that, uh, indeed, uh, the 14th Amendment could not have uh, uh, intended uh, to mean that uh, we should be uh, equally socially in the society. That's what Plessy said. No way that uh, the 14th Amendment uh, meant for us to be socially uh, equal. <laughs> wow. That's that's what Plessy said. That's what the Supreme Court said in Plessy. So that the 14th Amendment did not intend for us to achieve equality uh, socially because we were uh, inferior. in their opinion, which allowed for uh, us to be uh, put on some kind of different uh, uh, level here in the society. And, uh, yeah, they carried that out, you know. Yeah, I mean, if I'm working on the same assembly line, making 20 cents an hour, and this guy next door to me is making a dollar because he's socially, uh, has some social advantage uh, because of his color, the only thing I can see uh, he's white and I'm black. I'm making twenty cents an hour, uh, picking a hundred bills of cotton a day. <laughs> he's making a dollar picking the same hundred. Something's wrong here. But I'm in a different, so, I'm in a different uh, social uh, class here. <laughs> I'm inferior socially, some kind of way. But anyway, yeah, we lived under that. Yeah, it was devastating to our community. Uh, uh, so we write about it. We write about it in our new book, The Rise and Fall of Jim Crow, Our Twelve Disciples. We had 12 people that we identified who was instrumental in channeling uh, our single effort, uh, in channeling a lot of different uh, uh, efforts into this single effort. Focus to overthrow <coughs> Plessy, and uh, we brought together twelve of our greatest uh, heroes who partaked in that effort. And this, and uh, we on the fifth one. What we're gonna do? We're gonna break down. We're gonna do a little uh, vita on each one of those disciples over um, well we've we've done up to uh, Booker T. Washington we did Booker T. last four weeks so we did four of of the 12 uh, W.E.B. Du Bois we're going to leave off until next week we're going to leave off until next week uh, messing with W.E.B. Du Bois you can't uh, start a conversation and talk about that guy for two or three minutes. <laughs> His repertoire is too vast. This guy is a giant, you know. W. E. B. Du Bois. Dr. W. E. B. Du Bois. This guy is a giant. 
We're going to be breaking him down. We've, we've talked about him out here on the show before. We can't talk about him too much. <laughs> I tell you that. We we cannot talk about this guy too much. We're going to lead off next week with uh, our fifth disciple, uh, one Mr. Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois, our greatest social scientist, y'all, the greatest social scientist this country has ever had, who was dedicated solely to the study of Americans of African descent, our greatest uh, uh, social scientist in this country's history, bar none, one Mr. W.E.B. Du Bois. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna share his story with you next week. Uh, it's gonna take a it might take the whole show up <laughs> because he, this guy's story is is this guy's this guy's a giant, yeah. All twelve or uh, twelve of uh, our disciples are giants, none more so than one Mr. W.E.B. Du Bois. None more so than Mr. W.E.B. Du Bois, y'all. This guy's a giant. This guy lived a long time, y'all. Lived damn near 100 years. W.E.B. Du Bois did. Born in 1968. Died in 1963. Born in 1868. Died in 1963. One of my greatest heroes as a kid. <laughs> this guy came to my preview as a kid, yo. He died when I was in service. I was a young man in service, yo. Preparing to go to Vietnam. Training to go to Vietnam. He died in 1963. August 27, 1963, in Ghana, outside of the country for a lot of reasons. We're going to get into those reasons uh, next week, just how it came to be. Peter Boers, one of the greatest Americans this country has ever seen, uh, how it is that he wound up dying in Ghana, and body uh, is still there today. (laughs) To the shame of this country, that that guy's body and to a certain extent, a shame to our community here. Why we allow that guy's body to remain uh, in that country over there? I. It's, it's a question that that I am perplexed about. How it is that one of our greatest heroes' body is lying in this foreign country over there? Why? <laughs> we, I promised myself that we do everything we can out here on the Hushmo Black Forum to investigate, uh, to look into that uh, question, to see just how and why it is that uh, one of our greatest American heroes, one of our greatest American heroes, African descent is somehow buried 
is somehow buried uh, in this foreign country. Someone who spent his entire life dedicated to the uplift of uh, his people here in this country. Someone who dedicated his entire life to the advocacy and the uplift of Americans of African descent was when Mr. W.E.B. Du Bois and he was railroaded damn near out of this country by the powers that be. We as a people should be, should have railed against the treatment of this great, great American here. I suggest it's never too late. It's never too late. We need to uh, do everything we can, and I will, uh, within my small preview, shed light on uh, uh, this great American's plight. And uh, we as a community, as American, uh, American of African descent, our community, we need to... Uh, um, look into uh, what it would take to uh, get uh, one Mr. W.E.B. Du Bois extricated uh, out of the ground of Ghana and brought back here uh, to this country. Need to build a monument for that guy here in this country. We need to build a monument to that guy here in this country, y'all. This guy was a giant. This guy was a giant, y'all. We're going to be working on it. We we we're never going to stop talking about one Mr. W. E. B. Du Bois. I I made that clear some two years ago when I first when I first came on the air, uh, doing uh, looking at our, our heroes here. I I um, I swore then that I would never uh, stop talking about uh, this great American. Now we we don't talk about him every day. But we, as long as we're out here, we're going to always keep him uh, in the back of our minds. And every chance we get, we're going to retell uh, his story. We're going to retell his story. And now that I'm I'm working on this new project, Our Twelve Disciples, uh, The Rise and Fall of Jim Crow, naturally, uh, we, you can't talk about, write about the history of America's African descent without uh, running into Mr. W.E.B. Du Bois. So, yeah, we, we, we got him right there in the middle of our uh, 12 disciples. He played an instrumental um, a part in the uh, The fall of uh, Jim Crow. He played a tremendous, tremendous part in our uh, 
journey on the road to uh, eliminating uh, uh, Jim Crow. Don't be for him. I don't. I don't. I doubt if we uh, could have got it done. Obviously, we would have. I mean, but no one, no single one person is going to ever uh, prevent us from uh, moving forward. But without W.E.B. Du Bois, our journey would have been much, much, much uh, more difficult. Would have been much, much more difficult, yeah. So we we're not gonna even jump into a little of his uh, exploits, if you will, tonight. We're gonna save that for next for next week, and we will start the show out the first hour. <clears throat> we're dealing with uh, one Mr. W. E. B. Du Bois sharing. Uh, our uh, insight into his uh, life. We'll do that. We, we've got some uh, we've got some dynamite uh, material on him, some rare material on him that uh, we don't think you can find anywhere else. Well, you can find it. I found it, but uh, it's rare. Some of his work is rare, y'all. We I, <laughs> some of his stuff is rare. Some of his uh, you can't even find in the public uh, domain if you ain't really looking. So I got some stuff by him that you can't find at the NAACP, that you can't find at uh, the uh, uh, UMass. UMass uh, house uh, 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 University of Massachusetts house uh, uh, his library. There's a library up there named after him. Got all got access uh, in the. Uh, the rights to all of his uh, uh, stuff, to all his uh, uh, co- uh, collection of material, uh, the University of Massachusetts, the W.E.B. Du Bois Library, they named the library after him up there. <coughs> yet, <coughs> yet, <coughs> I wrote off to him, seeking, uh, uh, seeking a document, seeking a uh a presentation that he made to the United Nations in 1947. A presentation that W.E.B. Du Bois made to the United Nations in 1947. (coughs) You out there in Cyberland, go look for it. A presentation by W. E. B. Du Bois to the United Nations dealing with uh, the racism that uh, was involved in the country during that time and seeking uh, justice from the world that world body, which was a new world body at that time. By the way, United States, United Nations was in its infancy back then, and he did this. prepared this presentation uh, to present to uh, that body on behalf of Americans of African descent working for uh, the NAACP uh, had uh, 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 sponsored this uh, venture. (coughs) This article was published, I'll tell you this, this article was published in the November edition of the 1947 
<coughs> Crisis Magazine. I believe it was the 49th edition, but it was the November edition of uh, the Crisis Magazine that the NAACP published monthly. I guess it was quarterly back then, but I think it was monthly back then. But go to their website and see if you can find a November edition of 1947. You won't find it. They don't have it. Find it. Now, of all uh, uh, they archives, has got every freaking uh, uh, <coughs> every freaking uh, <coughs> archived uh, uh, edition of that Crisis magazine, but you will not find that one out there for some reason. I don't know. I called those people at the NAACP. I wrote them, talked to the lady, <coughs> had them research. Never did get back. Never there was no explanation why all those other crisis magazines was there except that November edition of 1947, <coughs> the one in which was published this uh, article from uh, prepared by W. E. B. Du Bois to present to the United Nations that year. Where is the copy of that? Y'all go look for it. The WBE Du Bois presentation to the United Nations in 1947. Uh, just a fascinating uh, take on where the country was at that time in terms in terms of dealing with uh, race relations here in the country. This is 1947. Before Brown. Before Brown, so you know, <laughs> you can imagine what kind of, uh, you can only imagine what kind of shape we were in then. Hey, y'all, that's about the end of the day for us, y'all. We're going to call it quit. We'll be back next week, 427, y'all. Until then, y'all uh, be good. We out of here. Ciao. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com.